Hey everybody, Grant here. In this episode, we discuss different tools and resources that we found to explore the use of technology, especially during this time while many people are self-isolating or sheltering in place. However, we also want to acknowledge that it can be really difficult to be productive or creative right now. Whether you feel inclined to engage with these different ideas to explore your creativity, or if you want to just listen for a while, we really appreciate you all taking the time to listen to this episode, especially considering everything that's going on right now. So we hope you all are well and taking care of yourselves as best as you can. So without further ado, here's our episode featuring Johnny Be Good. Clinical. Up. Clinical. Up. Yeah. <laughs> Clinical. Population. Population. Clinical. Population. Population. Clinical. Population. Hello, everybody. My name is Gabby. I'm Allison. I'm Grant. I'm John. And I'm Mike. And welcome to Clinical Population. Introducing music therapists to new bots and new bots to music therapy. Woo! Quarantine! Yeah. (laughs) How's everyone doing or coping? Yeah. (laughs) Pretty good. Pretty good. Okay, should we just go into it? Yeah. Do y'all want to hear me brew coffee? Does that make it sound a little happier and more positive? Let's just yeah. let our let's let our listeners know that this is the earliest we've probably recorded That's very a true. session on like a Sunday morning, nine a.m. your time. So this is the true. liveliness we bring. No limoncello on this call. No, no. just coffee. coffee. Just coffee that hasn't kicked in yet. No. I was like, do I need to do vocal warm ups before I get on this? Episode? <laughs> Here's some crackly voices. Mommy made me mash my m <laughs> Hey, I was wondering if, like, um, I'd be interested in, I mean, not to veer off the topic real fast, but to veer off the topic. Um, I'd be interested in just, like, two seconds, like, as part of the show. I was wondering, like, just what are you all listening to right now? I'm not going to a big fan about it, but just, like, a real brief, like, what's getting you through quarantine or, or what, what has drawn your interest this week? You know, let's see. We have been listening. I think like I've been going a lot through my library and seeing what I haven't listened to in a long time. Um, it's been nice to have familiar music. Um, yesterday we were checking out the new Fiona Apple album that she did all by herself. Hmm. Um, and Liz fair, we, we've been re-exploring her stuff and, uh, Ani DeFranco and, uh, we did a little Megadeth and Metallica, so it's been kind of all over the place um, at this house. But yeah, definitely going back through and listening to what we haven't in a while. The Hamilton soundtrack is getting oh, me through right now. I'm a little late getting on the bandwagon, um, but uh, I just started a new job, and we were going to take all of our residents, like 55 residents or something, to. Um, go see it in Atlanta. Um, but then quarantine got that, um, postponed it's happening in August. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, but 
we, me and my interns are doing presentations on Hamilton. Um, we're doing one on the music, one on the cast and characters and one on the, the storyline and the historical accuracy. Um, so I have been studying um, the Hamilton soundtrack and, and all the music of it. Um, and it is just phenomenal. Yeah, I love that album. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and if you love the album, just wait till you start listening to all the mixtapes because those. Yes. Yes. <laughs> what you been digging on, Grant? So I, similar to Allison, was digging through um, a lot of my previous favorite artists. And recently, All Time Low just released an album. <gasps> and <laughs> it is so good. Um, oh my gosh. I haven't stopped listening to it this entire week. And they've been doing kind of their own little Twitch live stream talk show situation. And Mm. like I saw it earlier this week and it was the highlight of like everything. Um, Also too, just for me personally, like that band, I remember it's been well over 10 years since I've been introduced to them, but to see that they're still like making music together and actually seem to be like, willing to collaborate and like just genuine friends was really just refreshing for me to see. And it made me really excited. And it it comes through in the music. Like the music sounds really happy and like, not like happy, but like it sounds like they work well together. I'm totally going to go check that out because I love them. I've seen them live so many times and that's awesome. I had no idea. (laughs) I've been, it's a mixture. So I am still working part-time at a hospital um and i have to interact with all ages because they have every unit is um, a different age range so i've actually been learning a lot of new rap and hip-hop artists one that's been requested a lot to listen to is young boy and BA. So I've been listening to them a lot, just trying to, oh, and Y&W, Melly. So those two I've been listening to a lot, just trying to learn and comprehend what's actually being said. Um, but when I'm not listening to that, I've gone back into what I starting started listening to in undergrad so um the neighborhood um which had that song sweater weather Mm. so that whole yeah all that that whole genre of like indie electronic rock type stuff uh and then kind of branching off from that uh wallows or wallows i don't know um and oh rex orange county so those two kind of bridging off that yeah i definitely um second fiona apples fetch the bolt cutters her new album it's definitely um uh unlike anything i've heard in quite a long time Mm -hmm. and it sounds like freedom uh it sounds like you know a lot being kind of a lot of social 
norms being freed of and just including sound structure and expressivity expressivity and just a whole it's just a really amazing unique album um and i don't know what I, uh in terms of um new music uh that is what i've been listening to this week but i think also with me with quarantine just kind of going back to a lot of uh comfort music um and, and i found myself creating a mixtape and going back heavily on a lot of like mid-2000s like kind of minimalist uh house music that i that i really really loved at the time like ricardo villalobos and a lot of uh really interesting um stuff and that um and uh and yeah so that's that's kind of what's been getting me through um uh quarantine right now is creating mixtapes for myself but um if i were to give anybody recommendations go to youtube and there's um get the full album of uh, a dj uh, one of his monikers is dj healer and the album is nothing to lose and just a great kind of minimal minimal house techno um uh comfort music for sure um that's really that's really great listen to um with headphones on while you're quarantined up mm. Another thing that I've been listening to is just podcasts. Yeah. Are there any podcasts that you guys have been listening to? I guess I haven't really, because I usually listen to them in my car when I'm driving um, to clients. I haven't really listened to any recently. Um, yeah i think i mostly so i've been doing a lot i'm i am a dancer i used to dance a lot and so i've been mostly doing a lot of that recently and pulling up some um like slow jams and classical music and things so i can do ballet and all that kind of thing so i think i've mostly been focusing on moving my body a lot instead Mm. of um necessarily sitting down and listening to something um i think i've rediscovered that part of myself that i kind of set aside for a while um so that's been kind of my thing Nice. Yeah. I had to pull this up because I wanted to make sure I said it correctly. Um, <laughs> but I've been listening to The Feeling is Musical from the Snohomish County Music Project. Oh, yeah. And That's good. yeah, they have a series out for April for Autism Acceptance Month. And it has been just a joy to listen to. Um, I started listening to it when it first um aired and I've just really loved the topics and the themes and it is a music therapy specific uh, podcast but it's just yeah I, I just love listening to it <laughs> it also reminds me when it's Monday so that's been a really <laughs> um, <laughs> that's been a really great timekeeper for me and I really appreciate it <laughs> alright well Today, we are going to listen to a song called Through It All by an artist named Johnny B. Good. Johnny B. Good is a moniker for um, Johnny Bertucci, who is a guitarist and composer currently living in Nashville. What, what? Nashville. Nashville. (laughs) Is there like a nickname for Nashville? Uh... 
I don't know. I don't know. City, that's all I know. <laughs> what? Music, music City. Music City. Music my City. Okay. Me, my, my friend from um, My Possibilities calls it Cashville. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Cashville. I don't know why, but I heard Liddy City and I was like, what is Liddy City? <laughs> the Bachelorette capital of the world right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Fun facts about Nashville. Yeah, in Nashville. Um, so Johnny, hang out with Allison yeah. in Nashville. Johnny uh, builds tracks and records guitar or synth for other artists, but his own personal project is called Johnny Be Good, and he has this Instagram account, Johnny Be Good eighty nine, and this Instagram account is amazing. I like everything on it all the time, and he uploads uploads his beats and creations weekly and um he just makes these awesome like tutorials as well and about a year ago his friends were like hey you should actually make an album or like drop an entire song so he put out an ep called one one up one up I don't know. I think it's one up. <laughs> and it's his first EP made on an instrument called the OP1, which is this like a sampler and synthesizer and sequencer and looper all on this one tiny little keyboard thing. And the entire album is made from it. So it's pretty cool. And so we're about to listen to Through It All by Johnny B. Good.
And that was Through It All by Johnny B. Good. What did you guys think? I really enjoyed it. I think when I, and this may not be everybody's experience, but when I first started digesting electronic music, um, my interpretation of it was that it was more ambient and primarily ambient sounds uh, with maybe some found sounds from found objects. Um, but this really highlights and showcases the diversity and uniqueness that can happen within a more ambient electronic music by having a live performance and live instrumentation that's recorded and then put through um, the sampler and just kind of incorporating the more typical performance aspect with this new, um, more contemporary way of composition. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I definitely, I, I read the description of the song first before I listened to it, um, just to kind of get some background on it. And I love that it it reminded me so much. And he just, he, he talks about a little bit, talking about lo-fi, play, lo-fi playlists on YouTube and Spotify. And I definitely yes. hear that in there. Um, it reminds me a lot of some music that I used to use um, when I was in my internship to do like progressive muscle relaxation and music and art. Um, it's just, it, it holds your attention, but it's also very consistent. And what I liked about his is that there's something new all the time. So there's always something to listen for. Um, the layers were really great. My favorite parts were when he kind of breaks it down and, um, towards the beginning, I think it's like at the 50 second mark, it kind of slows down. And, um, mm-hmm. and then at the end, he has this like little snap break and it's really happy and, and um, peppy. And so, yeah, just always something to listen for, even though it's pretty chill and consistent. Yeah. He was saying in the description that through it all is the chill jam of the album. So it calms things down and was inspired by the lo-fi playlists and he also said that it's a tune that um, the goal was to make it something you can have in the background while you work but also bob your head if you want to turn it up Um, yeah and there are a lot of little intricacies throughout it if you're like really paying attention Mm -hmm. that'll come in on one ear and then another thing will come in in the other ear and um it's super cool how he edited all of that yeah. to make it kind of pan around. Yeah, I listened to the song blind. I didn't read anything about it or, or know anything about it before I listened to it, but um, definitely got that lo-fi um, vibe from it. And like Abby was just saying, it's something that you can listen to like in the background or, you know, I did turn it up and kind of jam out to it for a little bit. So um there's always something new um, when you're paying attention um, in the song. It's got that um, that boom bap kind of uh, New York drum thing happening at, and at first, mm-hmm. and then it brings in like the lo-fi sounds. And for me, like if I was if I was to bring this in as a clinical instrumental playlist, it would definitely be in a space where someone is freestyling, perhaps freestyling lyrics or, or, or drawing or any kind of projective uh, experience where this does offer inner contemplation and inner um, 
and and kind of a yeah a contemplative space, but with movement. It's not it's not just sitting in that space, but it's requiring also to move through it and go somewhere with it. So it's nice because a lot of the lo-fi fi playlist stuff on YouTube. The drum, drums are often often very muffled, or they're not really there, or they're very crinkly sounding. Like it, that, that those lo-fi playlists are are a space for meditative writing and meditative, contemplative study spaces and inwardness. But this one, with the movement towards it, you know, um, was a little bit different than than that space. At least at least for me, it wasn't just purely meditative, but it was definitely. Uh, one, one made you want to get up and and groove too with some breaks and I, and I like it switches different spaces too so you're definitely moving from scene to scene there's a couple different scenes in this mm-hmm. yeah the drums gave me kind of like an Anderson pack vibe yes yeah with the natural sounds on top of the electronic sounds so good <clears throat> I think I know uh, I think something I was talking to, shout out to um, Alex Crook from Australia, who has an amazing article, um, both in Voices and also Music Therapy Perspectives with um, uh, Kat McFerrin, um, focusing on the typologies of of, of any kind of DJ culture, digital music technology. And it's something that we really don't talk about often. which are which is that each type of equipment, you know, like digital audio workstations are very different than hardware drum machines like what he's using here. Um, you know, and that getting people sometimes shy away from the various like gear that's out there, but each piece of gear that you get has its own vibe and its own way of working and its own aesthetic style and its own kind of setup. And so mm-hmm. I, I appreciate how he focuses on one piece of gear. I think there's a misconception that like you have to have all this stuff, but really just like any great art limit, limiting yourself to just and limiting the person you're working with, you know, to one, one gear, one knob, one knob can do all sorts of things, you know, and, and that you don't have to, be a master at all of it so um i appreciate how he just focuses on one piece of gear because you know it's 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 an important um it's i think it's an important thing to communicate to music therapists that you know get you get get comfortable with with the with one piece of gear and use it you know you don't have to Mm -hmm. have everything there's not just Mm -hmm. one piece of gear that works well for everybody i know gabby you use the use the pocket sampler all the time and you know that well and you can rock it well and that's our theme song you know (laughs) and it's the same brand as this too you know the teenage engineering yeah teenage engineering yeah, actually, it was Johnny who introduced me to it. He was playing on it, and I was like, what? What is that? That looks so cool. And he's like, you could probably do this. And then I bought one and learned it. So, yeah, I was actually – I was talking with some students a couple of weeks ago about technology, and one person asked, you know, like, how, how do you – even begin to do all of this because there's so many different things you could do you can use 
actual hardware, you can use software, you can use apps, things like that. Where do you even start? Because it's all overwhelming. And I was like, honestly, just start with one thing, one thing that you want to focus on. And then from there, once you're comfortable with that, you can move on to learn other things. And you don't need to know everything. I mean, it's, you know, some of the, you know, um, within the game of like, um, you know, within the psychoeducational um, social work world, and you have groups like the um, Today's Future Sounds, uh, uh, Dr. Elliot Gann's work in Oakland, and um, you know, he, his primary gear of choice is Ableton and the Push Two, and he uses that to great effect. You know, like I focused on a lot of the Korg stuff for all my time um, because I love the analog knobs that it provided and the tactile feelings. Some people may be app users primarily and, you know, like the lack of tactileness of the apps I haven't really responded to and the people I worked with haven't responded to. So I feel like, you know, you shouldn't have to know everything, but you definitely have to find what works best for you. And going off of that too, like one of the best parts I think about technology is the fact that there's a lot of different forms of accessible technology. So it's whatever you have available at your fingertips, essentially, or um, just whatever is available to you, you can start practicing and toying around with. And that may lead you into figuring out more of what you're interested in. So I know when I started, like, I... We all had access to GarageBand and you just toy around with the different functions on there. And it looks different when you translate it to um, or transfer it over to an iPad or like a tablet. Mm -hmm. So being able to see what that looks like and then getting used to that uh, format for me was what led me to using like a Kai samplers Um, and just the way it visually looked in terms of like making a like kit and like pad and sounds like that. So I think this is a really good thing for people to hear and see that like there's a lot of different technology out there and a lot of it that's also free i know that some companies uh, especially considering the circumstance that we're in right now have done a lot of free apps to just kind of toy around with uh i think quark has done some too yeah so like you know if you have that chance to or if you have the capacity to do so i'm not telling everybody to go out and do that um but if you have the interest and you know just want to try something out that this might be a time to explore it if you can. Yeah, I think the um, the other thing that uh, just came to me was, especially surrounding gear, um, is that all the hardware and the typologies out there, one thing that you really, we kind of need to get in a conversation with, but you really hear it in music therapy, is that each bit of gear has uh, has its own cultural historical backgrounds you know like the hardware of itself like if you look at the roland 808 which whose sounds pervade modern pop music mm-hmm. you know that was the first drum machine that was what beatboxers were mimicking um to try to because they couldn't get the technology maybe and so you had to mimic those sounds and you're mimicking those sounds to uh to, to hang out with your friends and to get, get a cypher going. Um, or if you look at, you know, turntable controllers, or if you look at, uh, you know, MIDI equipment and whatever, whatever it is, I feel like, um, in music therapy, we always talk about the, the means to the end with technology. Um, and, and without, 
really honoring where, where it has come from, you know? I was doing a session yesterday with some adolescents and I showed them a video of someone playing a drum machine. And we talked a little bit about how a drum machine is set up with different squares and you hit a square and a sound happens. So I also explained to them a little bit of the history of the drum machine, like what type of music it's used in and where it came from. And they were like, oh, that's so cool. And then I told everyone that we were going to be able to make our own beats, except since we don't have the actual technology to make it, uh, we're going to use sounds from ourselves. So I gave all of them a sheet of paper that had a grid on it. And then I gave them uh, like cut up pieces of um, construction paper with different colors. And we all together decided what colors would be what, what sounds. So like yellow was stomping and red was a someone clapping and things like that. And so everyone got to make their own beat and we had to follow along to the beat that they made. Um, so it was cool because not only did they get to, you know, move around and make sounds um, without touching each other because of social distancing, but also they were able to learn some history and culture of beat making. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's part. That's yeah. Yeah, a, I love that. And I love I love the craftsmanship of of um, you know, of Johnny B. Good here. I mean, it's just like you know, there's thought and craft that goes around and the uniqueness to sound. And you know, as Grant had mentioned, people don't give um, people don't give enough credit to how hard it is to craft uniqueness of, of sound. Yes, anybody can press play or, or hit a preset, but to actually think about, you know, how to create your own unique setup mm-hmm. with the gear to get your own unique sound, that takes a whole other type of musicianship that is definitely not stressed enough in, um, in training, you know? Um, I feel like an intro to digital music technology classes students might get too much of like well this is what an mp3 is and this is what a midi is and here's the difference and here's finale and it's like okay great you know great you know what finale is and maybe you know what garage band is but how about we just spend some time with the gear and make sounds with it and learn about its history because you know when it comes time to transfer a file and you don't know what an MP3 or an AIFF file is right now, then at that point you'll ask and you'll find out. But it's kind mm-hmm. of a strange to ask people to take a test about that kind of those kind of questions, you know? <laughs> yeah. Johnny was saying that this song was just a beat playing on a drum set and then he ran it through a tape machine and then sped it up. Yeah, and then, I love that. I love that. Yeah, so it's there's so many steps to it to create that sound, and yeah, a lot of creativity in that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. let's get let's we got to be thinking in in those ways of like it's problem solving. You know, it's like great problem solving. I I need to get this type of sound. What what do I do to get that? How do I need to configure things? You know. Mm-hmm. 
it's a different type of competency and proficiency. Yeah. But that's also, also at the end of um, this email that Johnny sent us, he said that he purposely made that sound choppy and imperfect. Um, and so uh, he was saying that the whole theme of the EP itself is imperfection. So even though like electronic music, I feel like there's this notion that it has to sound like crisp and clean and things like that. Um, the people who are making it are human. And um, so he said that this EP was his attempt to break out of that like electronic grid, um, that it doesn't have to be always perfectly on time or perfectly mixed. I love that. Like hearing that or, or just reading that um, reminded me of an interview I saw earlier this week. It was a Stevie Mackey quote. I know uh, he's a vocal coach in Los Angeles. And one of the things that he was talking about was um, in performances, one of the best things about making really great singers or just great performers is that they don't always aim for technicality and perfection. They aim for making sure they tell a story and they can mm -hmm. really share that story. And Having, hearing that interview earlier this week and then reading that um, just statement about this piece just shows the importance of being able to capture that emotion and that story, um, regardless of what the instrument is and how that just, like you could, you could hear the story, you could feel the story in the song, like in the music and the piece. And I love that and that connection that I was able to make this week. Hmm. That and I think it eliminates some of the fear. I know for me, um, you know, I've I've loved playing with um, different platforms and different instruments, but I've never sat down and tried to become proficient on anything. I think because there's always this this little bit of fear of not being able to do it or not being able to figure it out, and being afraid to ask someone to help me figure it out um, because it's a you know technology. I should be able to figure this out and. Um, I think hearing that from someone who is proficient on something and saying, well, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. And, um, that kind of eliminates some of that fear and makes me want to go and find my instrument and figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I'm currently, um, taking lessons with, uh, a DJ, DJ Mickey Breeze, um, shout out DJ Mickey Breeze, check out his work. Um, I think, you know, he can't be more than 21 years old, but the dude's been rocking, uh, the dude's been rocking beat making and DJing since a little kid. And, um, I mean, he just teaches me so much about the software and about, you know, and also honors my own kind of unique, you know, I bring stuff to him and he's like, oh man, that was dope. Whatever you just did. And, you know, it's not just purely about one type of aesthetic, but he, it listens to my, you know, what I want to, what I want to try to do with it and respects the individuality of it. So, you know, I'm a 42 year old grain dad rock guy. Um, and, I, and I could still, uh, you know, take lessons and, you know, I mean, and, and, uh, explore new things, you know, and, and, and I'm spending most of my time with that right now because it's just where my interest is, you know? And so, yeah, focusing on one thing, there's so many YouTube options and people out there to, to help out, you know, like it's great. Um, 
John. Yes. Going. So there was an episode, I think it was the last episode we recorded. You were talking about uh, with Rachel about how the hardest part is just being okay with the recording. Yeah. Or that you're starting recording. Yes. Uh, yeah. And since that episode, I've had to record several things and I've just said, we're going to let this be, you know, like this is going to be good. This is for the sake of the song. You know, it's not about perfection. And um, thank you, Rachel. You have made a change in my life and how I view my music. Uh, It took away that um, uh, like expectation and allowed music making to be just a fun experience. Um, It took off a lot of that pressure that I put on myself. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah. And as far as electronic music, this is not my um, area of expertise um, my, my geriatric populations don't, don't really care for drum machines too much. Um, <laughs> it'd be a really cool experience to bring in and, and see what they say about it. Um, but no, listening to y'all's conversation, I know I haven't said much so far, um, but I'm just getting a whole new appreciation for the song, um, from this conversation. There's a, a music therapist, another shout out, um, to Marlon Sobel who uh, has worked with um, uh, older folks um, in various sites. Um, And his whole thing is like, uh, besides being an amazing musician, but I've seen him do like loop pedals and loop drumming and everybody Mm -hmm. adding like their own groove. And he's doing like, you know, um, all the classics, but like jamaican grooves and funk grooves and because this whole thing is like getting up getting moving you know so important um especially for older adults you know like and getting locked in that groove so i've seen them use like you know i i see there's always like a a fear of the when we talk about digital technology it's always about like adolescents and and kids and everything but you know i think uh not enough is kind of there there's a fear that older adults might be might shy away from the digital technology but i don't know i've seen it used to to great impact as well you know definitely and right now with with quarantine they're having to get over their their fear of technology because <laughs> we're doing <laughs> zoom, yeah. zoom music therapy sessions and so mm-hmm. i think actually this will probably open open some doors, you know, for them to be a little bit more accepting of music technology and, and other mediums. I was talking to someone the other day about like how the, um, how this quarantine will definitely, people will see like, okay, we can't do this. So now we need to invent this. For instance, like I've been working with a group of folks going, okay, how can we improvise together using our gear? All right. Well, if we have an Ableton kind of control up and in zoom, we, you can, you can actually um, go into and um, I can give you access to my computer so you can control my yeah, mouse. So, so you can remote access and we can, we can trigger loops together, but then that's only one mouse at a time. How can, you know, maybe we can all uh, go into our logic, go out through zoom and then, um, and we can get as real time and do phasing improvisations, you know, like we're trying to 
solve problems. And at some point, you know, someone's going to solve that problem. And a second, like in 10 years from now, we're going to have augmented reality goggles and I'm going to be able to program music from from my office into right. your augmented reality goggles and you're going to be able to be zooming with me saying you know this is what i'm experiencing and we can program your augmented reality in real time and 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 have sessions that way so yeah. you know it's, it's only going to get more experimental as we go and and this quarantine is probably a huge catalyst for that that's wild <laughs> Well, Johnny B. Good, thank you so much for sharing with us through it all. If you guys want to check out the rest of his stuff, he has his music on wherever you get music. So Spotify, Apple Music, uh, things like that. And then his Instagram account, Johnny B. Good 89. He posts weekly jams he does with all of his different samplers and hardware, and they're a lot of fun to watch. Also, he does tutorials for Artifon if you have been wanting to get into all of that gear. And yeah. So again, thank you, Johnny. And I think we're going to sign off right now if you would like to support us you can go to our patreon at patreon.com slash clinical populations and you can check out our gear at clinicalpopulations.threadless.com and we will talk to you guys in a few weeks all right everyone stay safe stay healthy and enjoy through it all by johnny b good Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 See you. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>